Primal Pod and Cast, brought to you by the Arc of E Network and the Arc of E Podcast. My name is Noah, and I'm here with my official co-host now. Feels good to be able to say that. Uh, Mr. Mikey Chappelle, back with me once again. Sweet. Made the cut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was the audition last time, and cool. great response from our fan base. They were like, bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> um, we did, So I just found out, side note, like, for the longest time, Apple Podcast had like no analytics whatsoever. You had to get them through a third party. And then the third party that I was using, which I'm sure a lot of people who podcast will be familiar with, which is FeedBurner, they like completely converted all of their stuff and simplified it because there were so many people using it yeah. that they basically gutted all of their analytics. So I was like, how do I know how anything is doing? Like what's going on? And that led me down the rabbit hole. But now Apple has like super in-depth, like crazy, like granular detail uh, notes on the pot. So it was nice to see that people, like people still, even after all these years, it is the preferred way to listen to podcasts still over Spotify. Yeah. We are, we are way bigger on Apple podcasts. I'm not going to lie. I avoid podcasts on Spotify just because I don't want to warp my, your end stats absolutely <laughs> dude i consider it so much where i'm just like you know one of these is going to show up on your year end list so mm-hmm. be selective yeah. and they they have baited me in because like i was a ringer fan before they moved over there mm-hmm. and so they still have a lot of stuff on stitcher which is my preferred podcast yeah. app but they have a lot of exclusives now that you have to go over to spotify for so they got me roped in that way and then like the some of the spotify originals like dissect pretty incredible music podcast yeah. they did an entire season recently breaking down uh bo burnham's inside which oh, i'm sure yeah. you would enjoy yeah i could uh, uh, i got i got powerpoints for that oh dude if you're you, to get into this it. guy <laughs> <I> gotta... <laughs> uh cole kushner goes super super in depth like i thought i loved it i thought i appreciated it um there he added nope. so many layers you're, you're that just I amateur hour up. at this point dude uh Okay, side note, we will talk about Primal, I promise people. Uh, did you watch the outtakes? Uh, yes. The inside outtakes. I did. Dude, the fact that that was basically like part two, like it was yeah. just as well produced, just as compelling. Like, Yeah, I hate that his B-roll content is, is better, better than, than most of our uh, yeah. creative output in general. Uh, yeah. yeah, like how did those not make the cut? Dude, I don't know. There, there's some... Uh, classics in there oh, the, yeah. the the five-year relationship one mm-hmm. that uh escalates into a dissertation on feminism with the yep. spider and everything the fact that that didn't make uh, the cut which i actually saw them point out they were like well if you think about it so much of inside is just him being by himself yeah. so to weirdly all of a sudden have a second character even played by him and yeah. like a relationship dynamic almost like mm-hmm. it doesn't quite fit so it makes sense yeah. anyways yeah i could i could see that did you know that was recorded in the nightmare in elm street house yes i found that out in the process of listening to this i was like i did not know that's where he lives that's yeah. that's kind of awesome it just yeah. kind of like makes it just rounds everything out in in the guest house in the backyard i guess mm-hmm. the the garage sort of yeah uh yeah okay this has been inside corner. Uh, we still can't <laughs> stop talking about it. dude. Speaking of your end list, that is going to be on my list for sure this year because I have continued to, when they released outtakes, like I went mm-hmm. back down the rabbit hole again. Yeah. So I know it's already crept up in my algorithm and it's oh, going to be two years running with that. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, there. it became this thing where like, 
so my top genre last year was comedy uh-huh. for Spotify because I would I'd take my dog on these really long walks and music can really get you so far. Um, nothing against music. Like if I'm feeling in the mood, I will. But when I'm walking, I like kind of just engaging at the same time. So like yeah. I like, you know, stand up comedy and all that stuff. So like for as much music I listen to, I guess I listen to more comedy than anything else just by the walking thing, which is why I switched over right. to like apple for podcasts like i don't want to i need people to know how cool i am at the end of oh of course absolutely so yeah Yeah. i always laugh at that i have several friends that share one with their spouse and it's like those aren't my tastes those aren't my tastes i swear to god oh shut up we know you all love neon moon exactly we all love neon moon yes okay uh finally let's let's start the episode i suppose uh we're talking uh season two Episode three, episode is entitled Dawn of Man, uh, which I was very excited when I saw that's where we were headed. Very curious. So we pick up right where we left off. Uh, Spear and Fang have just had quite the uh, quite the outing in this uh, in this village. A lot of emotional stakes. And I got to say, this first little chunk is maybe the most uh, most concerned I've been thus far. And I love that it like it wasn't a battle that had me had my heart racing but when it's like oh shit maybe they're not gonna come out of this okay and uh spear walks off waiting to see if fang's gonna follow and that was maybe the most intense stretch of this show thus far emotionally speaking i was was just as heart-wrenching as the up opening sequence for me uh yeah it was much shorter but (laughs) just like i think they played off with a perfect amount of time because like now we're all just staring i actually watched it with my partner who had not seen anything any of the episodes so she's kind of laughing because she just doesn't get it but then she looks over at me and i'm just like similar 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 experience my partner was watching and she's seen bits and pieces of it but she had not seen the previous episode so Uh, i literally she was like what what's going on i don't get it like why are you huffing and puffing over there mm-hmm. and i i pause recap all of uh the previous episode and i'm like yeah so things are things are tense right now <laughs> between between this caveman and this dinosaur so excuse yeah. me for huffing i'm invested and now yes so uh eventually she comes back and again it's like there's comfort there. There is the moment where he like kind of touches her face as if to say like, I know I feel bad. You had to do that. I terrible situation. I'm still here for you. You're still here for me. And I was like, okay, we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Then we, they, they find a cave uh, and things get interesting. Uh, what did you, what did you make of, of the cave paintings and everything that we see in here. And then of course it's followed up by this kind of extended montage where at first I w- I thought he was dreaming. Mm-hmm. I did. I didn't know yeah. if this was actually happening. So yeah. Walk me through your, your thoughts on what, what do you think is going on yeah. in that cave? So what are we seeing? I, it was strange. Cause like it, it harkens back to, you know, the first episode where you see that he is also cave painted at one time, but right. The entire show up until season two leads you to believe that like he's the only humanoid, like the closest mm-hmm. thing to Homo sapien we have. He's right. the only one. And then season two messes with your perspective on that by having him be rescued by these other guys. 
Mm-hmm. And now you realize that not only is he not the only one, he is the most behind evolution wise. Yeah. So there's, I like that it's introducing this idea that like, it's not so much isolation anymore, but now coping with the other in that sense. So mm-hmm. there's, there's that, more elaborate stories. There's more things that people had developed that he hasn't. And I don't know if that's just by virtue of ending up alone and not having a social circle because they kind of got eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, I thought it was a really interesting dynamic and just to see like the vividness of the stories that he was able to put together. Like he wasn't, it wasn't foreign to him. So mm-hmm. he, he saw what was happening, could understand what these stories are trying to say. And then when he goes outside and visualizes it, that was yeah. really cool. But it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he tries to catch up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of maybe one of the shots of the series thus far for me, but definitely shot of the episode was that very like what we're used to as a human handprint mm-hmm. and then his giant, giant enormous yeah. paw uh, mm-hmm. going over top of it. I thought there was there's a lot just in yeah. in that very simple image. Um, but yeah, see, and then I think we also see in there kind of a little bit of what we had already discussed of like this war between the primal world and the more civilized world that Mm -hmm. seems like it has, that it has taken place at some point or is kind of in the, in the thrust of being fought or figured out. Uh, so him kind of figuring out where he's going to side on that is very interesting. We mentioned, so Mira, of course we see, but there is the the dude who's being sacrificed by the witches mm-hmm. in episode seven. And I think I remember at that time, I, that might've been because we'd only seen like ape men up to that yeah. point. And that guy was maybe the closest to humanoid, but he even still yeah. felt not as developed as yeah, spear as spear. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Uh, yeah. He, so he has the whole visualization, everything, and we build to a moment um that i thought was very very interesting he's having all this like self introspection if you will mm-hmm. and like maybe maybe he could be this higher evolved sort yeah. of man or whatever but, but at the same i time, thought he's it, trying to salvage his relationship with a dinosaur right well i thought it, i thought it was yeah. very very key in that whole montage sequence where he's imagining like the civilization that was here and everything. And he sees them like kind of living in splendor and like not worried about survival on a day-to-day basis. And it seems like, Oh, this is an attractive thing. But then he also sees the reality of like, well, guess what happened to those people? They got wiped out. They're not here anymore. Here's the remnants of them. And Mm -hmm. in that moment is when he kind of snaps too and is like, Oh, I almost forgot who I was for a second picks up the spear and immediately kills one of those adorable looking little does that was running around earlier. And you're like, Oh, the fact that his instinct was like not to kill it initially, like, Oh, something's changed here. And then to just like immediately kind of snap back into, Oh, but I let me not forget who I am. And it seems like, again, he's processing. It's like, I, how much of that side of myself do I lose? Because ultimately that's the thing that's kept me alive this whole time. That's the thing yep. that's kept me going is this survival instinct. And can I turn that off? Yeah. That's a pretty jarring sequence too. I feel like the, yeah. the noise was 
I get it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's like, it was just one of those things. Like, I think that's why I love the show because that stuff keeps happening where you're just like, even like in it, it's really good about luring you into this false sense of security and then just reminding you what it's here to do. Yeah. So it's just like, Oh, maybe he's going to call it. Nope. No, he's not. Nope, and it's going to be brutal not. and it's going to be ridiculous. That's yeah. My partner had never seen anything before. did not know what to expect. Oh, so of course. Yeah. Like, Cause that's kind of the first taste of violence we get in the episode. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. the last certainly. No, but yeah. no, but yeah. Okay. So she was just like, I don't, what is um, this about? I'm like this, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forget if it's later that evening or if it's the same evening that he has the, uh, the moment with the cave paintings and everything but he sees an owl which yep. i love owls i was just happy mm-hmm. to see one in the primal <laughs> universe I thought that yep. was interesting that was cool <laughs> i want to see some more owls uh but then we get a we get an intense snarling beast of some sort and i don't know about you the first frame of it i was like oh dude wolf they're in a wolf den the wolf yep. came home and i'm like Oh, dude, have we seen have we seen like a crazy wolf yet? I'm always kind of tracking like yeah. where what have they not shown us yet yeah. that they're going to build to? I felt like and they then, had leaned on the mammalian thing a little bit, too. Yes, so. absolutely. So yeah. when it comes, I'm sorry, the kind of two stage reveal of like, yep. it's not a wolf. It's a fucking bear. It's mm. a giant bear. <laughs> and by the way, it's being ridden by yeah. a Viking, basically. A badass like Viking warlord with a with a helmet, yep. and then you realize there's two of them. Two of them. Yep. These are just like guards. These are just like low level dudes. Is what it seems like. And I'm like, oh shit. Yep. Yeah. That's the uh, differentiation I would love to have been on the writers' room, where it's like, okay, like, <laughs> how do we elevate the bear Viking sequence? And then one dude that hasn't said anything all season just goes, just do it again, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now we have uh, two of them. What if, if a second one? Yeah, like it's one of those things that it feels like it could have been an afterthought, but it played so well that yeah, yeah, all right, cool. He's yes. he's coming back. The reveal of oh, they come outside, and dude, yeah. I was shocked. Like immediately, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, there's a second one. What are they gonna do? And again, I'm a simple man. Okay, I'm a kid <laughs> at heart. Yeah, I'm sorry. He takes them down, and then we get just one of thus far the all time moments of this show. When when spear, let's go with the spear. Yes, picks up a fucking sword yeah. and a sheath, and I'm like, dude, he oh, looks man. like he looks like fucking Conan the Barbarian yep. right now. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm so amped that he has a sword now. Mm-hmm. They follow uh, one of the dudes because we, we didn't mention they see the scorpion insignia. Uh, they're like, oh shit, Mira, Mira, let's follow. I did not expect to get to her this quickly. Me neither. Honestly, was... really surprised. Yeah. But also makes sense that like they've been inland for a couple days. Mm-hmm. They pursued her immediately. I mean, it does it, it, as much as like the internal logic of the show doesn't matter. They do seem to pay quite a bit of attention to it where it's like, yeah, yeah. it makes sense that they're like in the same vicinity right now. So they track her back to the village and essentially it's like i just want to take you you're my friend yeah, and she's right. like no you got to take all my people all, all the slaves so <laughs> i didn't slaves are all, boat yes exactly <laughs> so the slaves are all rolling out and i of course i'm not watching the episode counter and i'm like all right dude like they're gonna get out of here and like we'll see what happens next time 
but I think this might be the first episode that ends kind of in media res where it's like, yeah. they're ramping up to something. Cause I don't think they're going to be able to get out of this village, like unscathed. Yeah. And we just kind of see this menacing fog and we hear mm-hmm. some stuff, but we don't know what's coming and boom, cut to credits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think, I think that's the first time we've done that. Everything has been very like stop and start. You've yeah. got a kind of closed book on the end of every episode, but still, you know, you pretty much pick up right where you left off, but this seems like it's moving maybe into a more like truly linear form of storytelling where yeah. you really do want the emotional context of like what just happened in the previous episode. Um, yeah. Because there's, there's lingering emotions now. I feel like more so, more so than the cumulative nature of like, you know, if you watch the show in a binge, it's like, oh, they really got to a place by the end of season one. Mm-hmm. But this just yeah. feels like the stakes just keep getting ratcheted yeah. up every episode. So I think that's, that's just smart writing. Um, not that I don't love the silent narrative thing, but when you're doing that, I, I was always curious because it's I imagine it must be hard to kind of keep that up for multiple right. seasons. And you do run the risk of like hitting a huge pacing problem mm-hmm. and that like, how much is your audience going to kind of like, how much wiggle room are we going to give you before we like kind of demand more? And they just kind of for went all that and just rushed straight into this thing where you're still getting, you know, the narrative driven storytelling, but now the story stakes have way up and much quicker. Absolutely. I feel like yeah. that's honestly, I mean, you can call it a part partly motivated by COVID and people like being thrust back in to, to work yeah. that stuff that was put on pause and everything. But I also feel like it's a little bit of a byproduct of just the sheer amount of content out nowadays. Oh yeah. But I've noticed that kind of trend with a lot of series. Like I pointed to Barry season three over and over mm-hmm. again this year. I don't know. Are, are you a Barry fan? Uh, I'm all caught up. Okay. You're all caught yeah. up. No worries here. Uh, Slight spoil, really not spoilers. I can talk around it for people who haven't seen it, but one of my favorite uh, seasons of television of this already incredible year. And the thing that, yes, the thing that continue continually blew me away about it was they just kept writing themselves into corners and like Mm -hmm. refusing to do the, Oh, we're going to kick this can down the road. And like, maybe we'll worry about this like a few episodes from now. It was just like, no, any conflict that you think that in any other show would be strung along and like a will they, won't they element to it. They just, no, just pay it off. Just burn, burn the story, go to its Mm -hmm. logical conclusion and then figure, figure out another creative way forward afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I've seen, I feel like there's been a lot of shows this year um, that are just they're burning severance was another one uh, on Apple where I was like, I still feel like there's a lot of mystery to that show, but like every episode is just ratcheting up the tension Mm -hmm. and like keeping you invested because I feel like that is the game these days, like get in, get out, make an impact and like make sure people are going to show up for your next season whenever it finally drops. Uh, But yeah, so it's nice to see primal is not, uh, not slowing down of anything they are barreling forward with their world building uh again the narrative just i they keep keep pushing the boundaries of what you can do with yeah. animation i i see no world where this doesn't clean up 
a second year in, in a row at the Emmys. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of the new favored king of the the animation genre at the moment, which is yeah. nice to see. Yeah, I don't I don't watch that much animation, but I can't imagine like anything else that's on the market right now that's really creating the same kind of buzz. There's there is nothing to my mind that is yeah. this adult um mm-hmm. that and unapologetically so where it's like even something yeah. like Rick and Morty which has a huge following mm-hmm. and has more adult themes is kind of anchored by being a very like trendy show for like young yeah. kids very much in the the South Park vein of our generation yeah. it's it's the cool edgy show to watch yeah um and like early seasons of Big Mouth uh the mm-hmm. Netflix series I was definitely right there ready to call it like dude this is this is the best co- animated comedy post South mm-hmm. Park I thought like first three seasons of that are pretty unimpeachable like just incredible yeah. writing great voice acting wild jokes um yep. a lot of heart uh, and so, yeah, but I almost, I kind of, I separate primal out from like almost anything else because there's nothing really approaching it. Now you've got, yeah. uh, there's a show called undone on Amazon. I don't know if you have any familiarity with it. Now that is a rotoscope show where they, they film oh, the actors and then yeah. they do the, the link later technique and paint mm. over top of it. Very cool show. Uh, Rosa Salazar, who was Alita in yeah. battle angel Alita. She's the lead in it. Um, I recommend that one. The only other animated show that I even put in this vein or like echelon, and it's still, it's it's creeping up there. I don't think it's quite primal level. Did you watch Invincible on Amazon? I did not. So it's based on a Robert Kirkman comic, which is pre-Walking Dead, but one of his series that's been, it's, it's already over if I remember correctly, but um, fully animated, uh, Probably the best voice cast that's been assembled for an animated show in a long time. Yeah. Steven oh, Young's so, yearly, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Jay Simmons yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen um, the trailers, and I think it was on the list of things. But my list of things has grown so large over the years. I could only imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it is very much like, you know, animated like a Saturday morning cartoon, but brutal as something like primal essentially and as adult as something like the boys for instance Mm -hmm. and i was it was kind of like it when it premiered it was like a little removed from the boys and it was kind of like yeah okay do they need another like edgy superhero show do i need another one of these but i gave it a shot because i had read the first like trade paperback of invincible and i was like i like the setup interesting concept the the show is pretty incredible and it particularly the last like two or three episodes send it on a trajectory where I'm like, dude, I cannot wait to see what they do now. It's on like a two year delay just because of the the type of animation that it is that just takes that long to produce. So yeah. we, I don't think we get a season two until 2023, but probably a good time to catch up if you want to. And if you're looking for yeah. something that'll scratch that, that level, it's a little more fun than primal. Mm-hmm. I'll say that just on a, like it's, it's got comedic elements to it, but um it's it's pretty heavy and it is very brutal uh yeah. very brutal show so i've heard that yes. at least i was surprised that it ended up on amazon just because it's like it feels like very similar shows all happening at the same time yeah but it, it worked for him uh, yeah. i'm definitely excited for season two so but yeah that's really the only other 
uh, piece of animation that I watch on a regular or that recently that comes to mind. And obviously I'm still all over South park and all the stuff they've been doing for paramount now that they have the whole deal over there and do Beavis and butthead is coming back. Yeah. Starts back this week, actually on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And they did, they just had a movie, new movie, uh, which was pretty fun. I don't know if you checked it out. Beavis and butthead do the universe. It's a good time. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, lots of nostalgic animation coming back. Of course, they're bringing back uh, the X-Men, the 90s version yep, on Disney yep. Plus at some point, like yeah. a new incarnation of that. That'll be interesting. Everything Lots- is cyclical. And I yeah, I don't think you realize it until you're an adult and you have like actual things to be nostalgic for. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't mind it. <laughs> I really don't because yes, we, we all I, need it at this point. For sure. I, yeah. I've, had the, uh, I've had the occasional debate with... Uh, with Gavin over the nature of nostalgia, because there is a part of me that's like, if we, I, if we fall, fall too much into this dude, it's like, we're at a certain point. I'm like, I don't really care about like seeing something that reminds me of star Wars. How about I want to see the guy who's going to make the next star, star Wars, Wars. <laughs> like yeah. the next thing of that yeah. level. And like, are we ever going to get another one of those? If we just keep yeah. rehashing and like, but yeah, but yeah. dude, you and I are in the sweet spot now because yeah. I feel like we're the eighties the nostalgia wave has kind of almost completely crested. I would say it started mm-hmm. kind of late, like yep. right in the 2010s with drive yep. built to a kind of like mountaintop with stranger things mm-hmm. and then has slowly been on the, the landslide down synth wave got really big again for yeah. a little while. Yeah. Everybody's kind of burnt out on it now. I still yeah. love it. I don't care. <laughs> I, keep, I keep making it doesn't right. matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I feel like now the 90s, like the 90s are coming back in a big, bad way. And we're going to be riding that well into 2030, I would assume. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then we get to look forward to all the things that like I still loved. You know, I I was born in the 90s, but I wouldn't call myself a 90s kid because even when I started having coherent memories, I was on an Air Force base in Germany. So I kind of missed out on a lot of the cool pop culture stuff that was going on in the late 90s and like i finally got cut up in the early 2000s and that's where like that's your sweet myself, spot yeah like i, I remember all that stuff that happened yeah you know absolutely um how are we doing on time over there what are i don't even know if i looked at when we clicked on i'm not sure this is my school account so we should have plenty i've gone up to two hours on this before word <clears throat> so well i guess uh we can we can sp- pause on animation we did mention last time if anybody wants to stick around for this if, if not feel free we'll be back next week with uh primal episode four i don't know what it's called i didn't look ahead and uh you can't watch the trailers on hbo max only if you're if you're watching on adult swim i'm sure i could go on youtube and watch the little 15 second preview but uh yeah we will be back next tuesday but we're going to talk a little bit about uh one of my favorite shows of the year and we'll find out how Mikey felt about it. It's called The Bear. It's on FX. You can watch it on Hulu. Uh, you have now finished it. I'm very curious to, to see how you felt. Oh, man, it was brilliant. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, I know that at this point in the zeitgeist of pop culture, like the chef is the new rock star, um, at least in the media that I consume. Um, food culture's been 
obviously it's been really big for a long time, but like, you know, came into prominence about when I went to college where it became, oh yeah, like chef is a cool thing. Right. And then, you know, you have all these young people starting cool restaurants and things like that. And then it gets kind of glamorized in that sense. Like, I don't know if you've ever had, I'm sure you have a service industry job, front house, back of house, whatever. And you just remember I, this I've, time. You know. I've been working in food service for almost a decade at this point. Oh yeah. So you completely st- still, still doing it. Yes. Yeah, you totally got it then. Man, we haven't talked in a hot minute, have we? Um, no. But yeah, like it gets kind of glamorized in this way that I kind of remember kind of don't. I remember all the good times of, you know, like just the camaraderie of, you know, staff meal and yeah. going out and doing all that stuff. But then also the, just how brutal it could be sometimes and demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's this weird, I think the show just like hit this crazy balance of a realistic portrayal of the things that go on there. And then also injecting the hope that keeps people doing it. Yes. Um, yeah it's a first of all jeremy allen white kind of crushed it but i've also haven't really seen him in too many things outside shameless and uh he did homecoming yeah and see i'm I, not a i'm not a shameless guy yeah never seen an episode and i was aware he was on homecoming still have yeah. never caught up with that show either yeah, so he I mean, was a total discovery for me and yeah this. i i think it feels kind of like you know not to knock too hard oh it's a podcast whatever uh <laughs> what you gotta do man <laughs> yeah it's they're like singular he, he's got like one thing but he does that one thing very very well that's that's what i've heard yeah. is it's a very similar character to yeah. lip from uh-huh. shameless but yeah. it's, it's almost like you can the... play it as an extension you know mm-hmm. they're both set in chicago and like you know if lip was a little more successful and like i guess more straightforward he probably would end up in the same spot with yeah. the same personality <clears throat> right um so, but I thought it worked really well for this story. Uh, for me, the other absolute like highlight, who was a person I was already a fan of and didn't even know was going to be on the show. I've just been listening to her on podcasts for years, but Io Beery, who plays Sydney, yeah, um, is a yeah. fucking revelation. I thought mm-hmm. she was just absolutely yeah. incredible. But everybody, um, yeah. Evan Moss Backrack, who plays yeah. uh, Richie incredible pathos to that character the guy you from the get-go are like i fucking hate this guy and then like by the second yeah. or third episode you're like all right i get it i, get I still it. hate him but i, I, get I yeah it. you're like oh this guy okay yeah. um you uh you texted me after episode seven which is the unbroken single take uh mm-hmm. it's about right at 20 minutes long ultra intense uh one of the best episodes of tv i've seen all year and i was going to uh, I don't think I texted you about it at the time. Or have you heard of uh, Boiling Point? Came out last year. It sounds familiar. So Stephen Graham, who I'm sure you've recognized from a billion mm-hmm. things, um, he is the head chef at a high-end restaurant, and it's set in one evening of dinner service, and it is mm-hmm. about an hour and a half, and it is a full unbroken take, the entire oh, movie. Yeah. Um, and so very much so i was like okay they definitely saw a boiling point but like mm-hmm. this episode stands alone in its own measure but i was like yeah. if, if you haven't seen boiling point imagine that episode yeah. <laughs> and the level of just like <sighs> to like yeah. truly white knuckling it mm-hmm. cranked up to 11 that's boiling point yeah very very tough movie but another one that is e- equally uh just just same thing with the bear dude it's the tiny 
tiny little details where I was just mm-hmm. like, they definitely like every member of this writer's room worked yeah. in food service for a long time. Yes. Um, yeah. And just there's everybody a little is right. And everybody's wrong simultaneously. <laughs> and we're all expressing it as loud as we can. Exactly, man. Yeah. Dude, the moment with the cigarettes and then yeah. like the, the tiny little moments of grace and just like mm-hmm. kindness between people where it's yeah. like, it's like a harder edge. I, I equated it to some of my coworkers this way because they're also fans of this other show I'm about to mention. But I would say about midway through, because I watched the show in the course of about three days, I was like, this is already hitting that like late period Parks and Rec vibe for me, where mm-hmm. it's just like, I just care about all of these characters yeah. so much. And I just want good things to happen to them and I want them to mm-hmm. be happy. But the, whereas Parks is like, it's just nice people being nice. And yeah. that's what's like satisfying about it. This like has that hard edge of reality in it. So yeah. that when people do those little moments of like grace for each other, it just like pays off so yeah. much more. There's that moment where the, uh, I forget their character, uh, her character name, but the older uh, female that's been working at the, at the shop for a long time. And she's, she, uh, yes, it's the episode where they go and they do the birthday for Oliver Platt's uh, mm-hmm. son. and so yes tina is she's tasked with making like a potato dish or whatever and she's like getting frustrated by it she clearly cares about it but she's getting frustrated by it and eventually she like she comes up to sydney to like go ahead taste me taste it tell me it tastes like shit like you know go ahead and she's like that's great chef and just Mm -hmm. like her reaction in that moment of like Oh, it's, it's good. Like I, I did, yeah. I did a good thing. It's such mm-hmm. a small moment, but I was like, dude, anybody that's ever worked in a restaurant where you're like, you've got 12 tickets in the window and you're like, Oh my God, is this yeah. ever going to end? And like, you fucked up something. So like an order gets thrown back or whatever. And like the day is just going shit. And then somebody like somebody comes up from the body of the restaurant and is like, Hey, I just want you to know that was the best sandwich I've ever had in my life or like this or that. And then you're able to go tell the kitchen staff that yeah, it's right. just like those little moments are just that again, that's what keeps you fucking doing it. Yeah. The, the whole conversation about the fire when he set the fire at yeah. his previous job. And it's just like mm-hmm. that, that moment of like, if I let this happen, all yeah. of my fear, my anxiety, yeah. all of the shit I complain about day in day out it's all gone yeah and that's and, such the, a and then you message put too, and yeah. then you put the fire out it was like that is literally mm-hmm. a metaphor for everything yeah, everything yes oh man yeah i i i knew i wanted to watch it just because um fact maddie matheson mm-hmm. i don't know if you uh follow him <clears> any <throat> other stuff but he was a one of these like chefs that had such a big personality that he became a celebrity chef through like youtube videos yeah and um Apparently, I saw that he was a producer on it, so I'm like, and okay, he's like well, the he's one of the creative consultants for all yeah, the, the cooking, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So, yeah. I, I got his cookbook, and some of his dishes are really great. Um, I don't recommend eating them all the time, but they're delicious. Uh, I would have watched an entire season that just started with like his last shot in the show, where he's just looking at the video games, going, "You ever feel sad?" <laughs> like. <laughs> like that no. was, I don't know. He's just like such a big personality. That was fun. I wish they, like, I wish they had done more with him, but I feel like they just did the exact well, amount. Yes. Necessary. And, and to, to that point, we were talking about shows that like 
waste no time and like that scene this one just like shot out of the gate and i feel like it's one of the very few like true word of mouth shows of this past year where it's like it just it dropped at a time where there was a billion other things out but it's still just it you know just the quality of it you could Mm -hmm. not tell everybody you knew about it but i love the moment they built to at the end where it was like this could be the end of like a, a single season series that I would be yeah. like, that's kind of a masterpiece, but it also has such a compelling setup. Yeah. And then I, it was only really kind of afterwards where I, I started to reflect on it a little bit. And I was like, dude, there is so much unmined territory yeah. for them to come back to. We didn't even real. I mean, there's the stuff with like the mobsters on the street yeah. and shit, but there was never like a customer conflict moment nope. that whole season. And I'm yeah. like, that's such a huge part of the job is yeah. just the, the asshole customer or this or that. And I'm like, they didn't even dip their toes into yeah. that. And I just I, start thinking about like all the, all the other things that I'm just like, dude, yeah, we haven't touched on that. We haven't touched on really like them being a family or like going out for a night, like, Hey, we're all going yeah. out and getting wasted or whatever. And like we, we didn't have any of those. Day. Yeah. yeah. We haven't had any of those moments. And I'm like, dude, I would watch, I would watch these characters for quite a while. So, and I think that's kind of the brilliant nature of it too. And like kind of focusing on just such a microscopic thing. I feel that's what made it good too, because it just allowed the writers like focus. Yeah. Cause they, I'm a hundred percent sure they're aware of all that great stuff they can do, but it's like, all right, but if we just like, focus on this and keep everything there. We can really just make this really good and then have, you know, other stuff to do. Like, yeah, that was, I thought that was strange too, that they didn't have like an angry customer story. Yeah. But again, that's kind of what we were all expecting, right? Like, exactly. That's the stress. Like I love that they focused on there's enough stress running this restaurant already. And you as the viewer probably know that somebody got mad at him for something at some point. Right. Let's like see what's going on behind you know, the past where everything is happening. Dude, the, that single take episode, when they turn on the to goes like, Oh God, dude, (laughs) I have had nightmares like that. Yeah. Because we, at at my restaurant, we have online ordering through our website. We also have Uber eats and we have DoorDash. So we have three separate tablets that at any time could all be going off. And then I also will have a physical line of people in front of me. Mm-hmm. And there are times where you were just like, oh, I'm going to discuss one of these. What's happening? Yes. Uh, so I completely identified with the the stress of that episode. Um, yeah. Incredible show. Could not recommend it more highly. Again, that as it stands right now, that's my definitely my number one. Barry's up there as well. Uh, we own this city. Uh, huge recommend as well on HBO. Yep. I saw that. Uh, HBO is just my favorite streamer at this yeah. point i mean in my personal opinion fx is the only other network that even possibly mm-hmm. holds a candle and of course like yeah. i said they had the bear they had the old man this year mm-hmm. uh always great great stuff from them but yeah hbo yeah. still got the belt right. uh overall for yeah, sure especially that last season of barry dude I, uh <laughs> we could do uh i mean we could save that and do a whole season three recap if you wanted to i've talked yeah. a bit about it with gavin but uh what a yeah we will definitely i tell you what we'll definitely do at this point since you've kind of been my my tv buddy here we haven't really done much tv on the feed this year uh 
because our approach was, oh my God, there's too much. We're not going to talk about any of it. We're going to talk yep. about movies from 20 years ago, apparently. Yep. So, um, but we, of course, always do our year end uh, top 10 shows and everything. And so I feel like we definitely need to have a three or possibly four man Zoom session with you, oh, yeah. Mayfield, uh, whoever else is available. And because uh, there was just, there was too much TV this year. Yeah. And I feel like we would all have pretty varied list so oh 100 that's like some of my favorites would just be like old things from (laughs) previous years oh for sure and we would have a whole section of just nostalgic watches this didn't come out this year but i just i did rewatch it this year and it still stands yeah that's that's what most of it is yeah i I mean of course in the midst of all of this television i still somehow am like yep and i've watched 15 episodes of friends in the background mm-hmm. because it's on HBO yeah. max. And that's what I throw on when I need to eat and not pay attention to anything. hundred percent. So, yeah. And of course, Gavin's got me watching, uh, ER episodes. Uh, I'll plug, plug, plug for that since we're wrapping yeah. up, but, uh, we just recently dropped episode two of our summers in the ER series, which you can find if you want to, uh, go support us over at the, uh, excuse me, patreon.com slash the arc of E. Uh, but that's a series Gavin and I are doing. We go through old episodes of ER and pick out the guest stars and then uh, talk about movies from those guest stars on our main feed for our two by two retro reviews for this summer. So uh, check that out. We also dropped the latest two by two action Jackson and 21 bridges. We're breaking the 10 year rule because this is Gavin's special series. That's why we're talking about a movie that came out three years ago and uh, action Jackson's from 1988, a Carl Weathers underappreciated action trash classic if you haven't seen it uh so go check those out that's available on this feed right here just scroll back up uh obviously we'll have more episodes of primal pod and cast coming soon uh any plugs for you sir that you'd like to get out there uh well now that you have your analytics you can tell me how many people are in the dayton ohio area uh, I, I can definitely <laughs> let you know. It needs right. probably about 30 days to process like territories and cities and all oh, that. But, but yeah, I will let you know. Yeah. Uh, but if anybody does find yourself listening, we just got confirmed for Sound Valley Music Fest in August 27th. And then awesome. what is today? Yeah. Uh, next Friday, we're playing the Woodward Theater, which is kind of a big deal for me just because the amount of people I've seen at the Woodward. I think last show I went to was Lucy Dacus and Liza Ann. And that was awesome. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Now I just get to be on that stage and hopefully make people not as sad as they made me. Um, Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a historic venue and it's in a really cool part of Cincinnati. So we're Dude, looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yep. That's Mikey's yeah. band, Scary Hotel. Check oh, yeah. I should out. probably mention that as well. I, I got you, dude. I'm, <laughs> Thanks, I'm, man. I've I don't plug a lot. I, dude, neither do I. I'm trying to get used to it now. Um, for a while i didn't even acknowledge that myself and narc were the same person i was like oh it's a different entity i'm gonna you do really that whole thing kept that up that would have been that would have been a dude okay so I'll, I'll i'll bring this up here because i don't know if it's ever been publicly restated elsewhere but um when i first started making stuff gavin and i literally recorded a 45 minute podcast that was a a fake interview with me in character <laughs> as as narc as a as a different guy um, oh, just a total, just a total prick, like very pretentious. <laughs> um, and then I, I chickened out at the last second. And I was like, dude, I, I don't want to keep this persona up for like <laughs> the lifetime of however long I do this. Right. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it goes. Anyways, uh, new album. Uh, it's called A Bridge. Comes out August twelfth. Uh, just a little under a week and a half away. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, so look forward to that. Let me know what you think of it. That's NARC, lowercase n, all caps, A-R-K. And uh, you can find me on all the usual services. Same thing with Scary Hotel. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, you can do that on Instagram. We are at the Arc of E Network. Uh, I don't know if you want to put out your personal one. It's up to you. Uh, uh, we, need, we do need more followers on Scary Hotel yeah. on Instagram. And, and <laughs> yes, and you are tagged in all of the primal posts so people know your, your personal one as well, whether yeah. you like it or not. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for doing this with me once again. Uh, we look forward to the further adventures of Spear and Fang. Or do we call him Sword now? I'm going know. to. I don't know. Do we change? Do do we change his name? He's letting the spear go. Uh, I'm so excited to see what he does with that sword, man. Yes, uh, we'll find out next week, hopefully. So until next time, I've been Noah. I'm Mikey, and this has been Primal Podcast. Thank you for listening.